previously at the Macarius Avenue. Taking our test scripture from Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. So our text scripture. Romans chapter 6. I read from verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Settling not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism unto, into death. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by glory of the Father, even so also should also should walk in the newness of life. Can I get a very big amen? amen. So this scripture, the text is coming, is explaining to us the importance of baptism and the reality of baptism. So when we say we have been baptized, there is a, a baptism into Christ. When you get born again, you are baptized into Christ. There is the, the baptism by immersion, which we do by water. All those ones are symbols to show us that we have been separated from the world. Now he's telling us that we who have therefore been buried with him through baptism, it means that when we are baptized into Christ, we are identifying with the death of Jesus Christ. Then when we are lifted up, it means that we are identifying with his resurrection power. Glory to God. Then he says that those of us who have been baptized into Christ, he said now we have to live habitually in the newness of life. Glory to God. We have to live in the newness of life. So now that you are born again, your baptism into Christ shows that you have been given a new life. And in that new life, you have to begin to be conscious of that life to live for Jesus. So in the newness of life, what do we do? He said, abandoning the old ways. Can the amen be louder? We are supposed to abandon the old ways. Now, our test scripture for the year is, Behold, I do a new thing. When he said that we should forget about the former things, it's the same thing that he's saying. So now that we have identified with his death through baptism and his resurrection, hallelujah, it means that now we have to live in the newness of life. And how do we live in the newness of life? Number one, we live in the newness of life by identifying that Jesus is the one who died for us and we shall please him alone. Now the Bible talks about the children of Israel that when they left Egypt, they were baptized through the sea. And as they were baptized through the sea, they waved the Egyptians. That is when we have that favorite scripture. It said, the Egyptians you see today, you will see them no more. It means that you are waving goodbye to Egypt. Goodbye to the world. Goodbye to the old ways. Hallelujah. So when you quote the scripture, don't only think about your enemy. That the enemies, you, you, you see, you see them. He's talking about your old lifestyle. Because in Egypt, Pharaoh was the one that everybody has to please. So when they were in Egypt, you had to please Pharaoh. Whatever Pharaoh says is what you would do. Pharaoh gives the commands. But now that you have been baptized through the sea into the land that God is showing them, a land full of milk and honey, he said, in that land, there is only one person. 
you are going to serve the Lord your God. And that Lord your God is the one that you are going to please forever. Now we who have been baptized into Christ have put away our old lifestyle. And now that we are in Christ Jesus, Jesus is the number one person we have to please. If you don't take time, you end up living your life to pleasing men. If you really want to please God, some men will be angry with you. Some people will not understand the way you do your things. But hey, God is the most important person in your life, in this new life that you have found. In our old ways, it looks like the devil was the one dictating to us. But in the new way, we depend on God. And in him we shall please. And him only. Can I get a very big amen? When you learn to please man, it is easier. When you learn to please God, it is easier to live with man. Because God is the one who created man. And knows all the weaknesses of man. Men are very weak and frail. So if you put all your hope on a man, that's what the Bible says, curse, woe to that man. And don't curse me that man who put his trust in his fellow man. We are going to put our trust only in God. Can the amen be louder? So this year, you are going to make it one of your number one priorities. I will please God. I will please God. I will do everything to please God. If he took me out of the world and now I am in him, he is the only one that I must please. That's what the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Only Jesus is the beginning and the finisher of your faith. He is the only one who can hold you. He is the only one that giveth life. No man can give life except God. Therefore, the one who giveth me life is the one that I will please. I recommend to you, please God more than your husband. Please God more than your wife. Please God more than anybody you know. And as a church, I will please God more than anybody. If what God says we should do, we put God first. Can the amen be louder? Clap your hands for the Lord. So when you read down on the scripture, he talked about how we can put on the, the sin nature, but I don't go there. Because when we learn to please God, it helps us. Glory to God. Number two is that you have to learn in making God first. God is a God of the first. That is why he beat each other say, I am Alpha and I am Omega. Meaning, I am the beginning and I am the end. God loves the first. So when he told the children of Israel, he told them that even to select people for priesthood, he said it must be the firstborn son. So God has always been choosing the first because the first is sanctified. Hallelujah. So he's alpha. Will you make him alpha in your life this year? It means that I'll place God first more than anything. It means when you wake up in the morning, God first before your phone. We are all guilty. So God first. Hallelujah. Because God liked the first. So God liked the first hours of your morning. God likes your first fruit. God loves the tithe. God loves everything that is first. So you must decide that this year I'm going to place God first. Because he's the God of the first. And when you place God first, he has that ability to make sure that your ending becomes a glorious ending. If you don't place God first, then your ending may not be glorious. That is why I like January. 
January is the first month. It means that this month, you must dedicate the whole month to God. Because God loves the first. That is why most of it, we do half nights to enter into the new year. Because we are giving the first hours of the new year to God. Some people go and shout somewhere and now, when the year is ended, they are now saying, Father, protect me. He is Alpha. He's not only Omega. You must start with him and you must end with him. Some people like the Omega because they don't start with God. They always want to end with him. Now, when it's getting to the year, the end of the year, they are not praise or prayers. Father, end with me. May I not die. The dangerous months are the ember months. God said, you didn't start with me. So what God is telling you, will you give me your January? That is why I look at most churches are fasting and praying. It's a very important part of it. Because you want to de- dedicate this part of that, that, that first month of the year. You want to double up your prayer. If you have been praying for five minutes, double up. You come to ten. If you have been praying ten minutes, this January, give it all your best. That is why our fasting and prayer is called Power Start. We, we are starting with a certain search. Oh, clap your hands for the Lord. Are you sure you are here? That is why the first fruit is sanctified. Your first salary is sanctified unto God. You say, Father, as you give me this, I'm sanctifying it unto you so that the rest will be sanctified. When you sanctify the rest, it means that you have the ability to take care of me in the other 11 months. It's a revelation. Glory to God. That is why God even takes also the tithe. Now, let me show you how people pay their tithe. Can I get some notes? Okay, I have some notes. This guy got some notes. Now, let's say this 51, 2, 3, 4, 5. Five of it. This is how people pay their tithe. They pay their electricity bill. They pay school fees. They buy a dress. They buy a shoe. Then they say, ah, the tithe. Before they pay the tithe. It's not sanctified. That is not tithe. That's trying to give God 10%. 10% is English calculation and accountant calculation. But the tithe, which is a one-tenth, means that, biblically, it means that it is the first. You take that one first. So when you receive your salary, you take the tithe first. If you didn't take the tithe first, it's good. You have given God one-tenth, but not tithe. But to give God tithe, which is biblical, it means that you take the first one-tenth out of it. Then you give it to God. Before you start buying your shoe, paying your rent. Because when you do that, you have sanctified the rest. Because this is mammon. And mammon is unrighteous. Oh, clap your hands for God. And because mammon is unrighteous, God cannot receive anything that is unrighteous. Now, you are being born again. You are living a newness of life. So in the newness of life, you do things that God has said. And we are saying that we are doing it because, number one, we want to please God. So what God has said, I am not in the world. So if a worldly person doesn't believe in Titan, that is up to him. Me, I found myself in the kingdom of God, where Titan is very important. Can I get a very big amen? So I take the first out of it so that God can sanctify the rest. And he sanctifies in the sake that this part of it will not take me to the hospital. Oh, you didn't say any amen. So that you won't get any infectious disease. Now you're doing tests, you're doing that, you're doing that. Good, good. But we give the tie. 
You can even remember God that God has sanctified the tithe. Therefore, this disease heal me, oh God. You can stand on that. And God said, he's the one who said, come, test me, prove me and see. And good health is part of the blessings of the tithe. And I pray that this year you receive it all. Clap your hands for the Lord. So you are going to learn to put God first, I guess. First hours of the day, you give it to God. He's Alpha Omega. Before you sleep too, you give it to him. You pray before you sleep. Alpha and Omega. So this year, you're going to be living the Alpha and the Omega life. He's the beginning and the end. So you are starting this January with God, but you must end with him. That's why December is the time that people forget that he's Omega. December, they forget. They start with God, fasting and prayer, and they end in December in clubbing. They forget that he's Omega. I must end with God. I must start with him. I must end with him. He's the beginning of my life, and he's the end of my life. Can the amen be louder? I pray you put God first in every decision. Hallelujah. Putting God first means that you are putting his voice also first. This year, before you make any decision, if you didn't hear God, then look for divine counsel. Because divine counsel equals to the voice of God. That is why you cannot play with the prophetic. That's why I'm making time so that we can minister to people. You can't play with the prophetic. You need instruction for life. Hallelujah. Because as I look at the year, the year is full of... I was in a three-hour vision. I began to see many things that were happening to people. Some of you, I'll minister to you this morning. Some people I tried to call. Because the things I was seeing, they were not good. This year, either things go too slow for you, or things will go very fast. Either things deteriorate too bad, or you're going to get very, very, very blessed. And I choose the other one. I choose that things will go fast. I choose that I'll be very, very, very blessed. That is why I'll please God. Hallelujah. And place his voice first. I want to take a major decision. God, what have you said? Especially those of you who people will be dating you this year. Or you'll be trying to make marital decisions. This year. Make sure that God's voice go first. Don't listen to the sugar-coated words of that guy. Can I get a very big amen? So when God's voice goes first, it helps you. You're able to make the right decision. It sanctifies your decisions. I pray that you give God's voice attention. Can the amen be louder? It happened to Peter, James, and John. They were in the boat. And the Bible said they had taught all night. All night. Then Jesus came to the shore. They didn't even know that he wrote him. He came to the shore. He said, hey, brethren, have you caught anything? They said, no. Nothing. All night we have caught nothing. And Jesus said, cast your nets to this side. Ha. Peter was saying that this man doesn't know what I'm talking about. Where he's saying that we should cast. We have already searched that place. Not one fish. Even the fish have become sensible. They see the net, they run away. Then he said, but nevertheless at your voice, at your words. So this year I pray that nevertheless you will listen to the voice of God. You'll be the one that say, I have thought all year I was looking for a child, I didn't get it. I have thought all year, I was looking for the money, I didn't get it. It will never be your portion. 
as long as you put his voice first, whatever he says, you are going to have it. Can the amen be louder? <laughs> so God's voice, you pray the first. The written word is God's word. So you place the written word to first. You have to make time for Bible study. Give yourself attention to the word. Hallelujah. If we say Jesus is coming soon, it's very important. You don't have to look at it that I pray that I got a miracle all over Africa. Sometimes our prayer is very selfish prayer. We are praying, Father, let my enemies uh, who are doing me uh, and uh, 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 let the miracles. You wonder you, how many people posted that, Father, this year, let souls be won. Look at the jargons when people post. All is about what they will receive from God. I'll come to that place. But give attention. That's what I told you. Buy Bible, study Bibles. Give your attention to the Word of God. If you are going to go to heaven, you are not going to go as a novice. You are going to go to heaven as a grown-up child of God. I refuse to be a baby Christian. These people, they want to be babies. The hypocrite, they have not changed. Because baby Christians are the problems of the Church of Jesus Christ. They are the ones that get offended easily. They're the ones who don't understand. I was praying about some things and God showed me babies who were stabbing me, putting things on my back and I was so angry. And God said, don't be angry. These are babies. Don't fight a baby. If you fight a baby, it's like your, your small child at home is playing with you, slap you, then you say, hey, is it that you slap that you will kill that child? But you just have to find a way to dodge the spoons that the baby used to hit your head. But if, you do, if they use the spoon to hit your head, you also take the spoon, the energy you have, you will kill that child. Look at somebody say, leave the babies alone. These are not babies. These are babies with very, very sharp teeth. <laughs> Clap your hands for God. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let me show you something again. When Jesus said about the tithe, Come to the book of Luke. People say, Jesus didn't say anything of Titan. Let me show you. Luke eleven forty two. 42. I like the amplified version of it. Luke eleven forty two. 42. Luke eleven forty two. 42. It said, but woe, woe means judgment, is coming to you Pharisees. Because you, you, you are self-righteous or you self-righteously tight. They tight on everything. They tight on even their mind and rule and every little garden herb, tending all the miniature and yet disregard and neglect justice and the love of God. So they are tightening, they are giving, hey, if you give a Jew a herb, he'll find a way to divide it so that he can get a tight of it. That's how serious they were with their, with their tightening. They don't joke with it. But he said they have neglected justice. They have neglected the love of God. But these things are the things you should have done without neglecting the orders. So Jesus said that. I'm telling you that. I'm not saying that Titan is not good. I'm telling you that you should have done the Titan without neglecting judgment and the love of God. So some people read this and say, ah, Jesus said that Titan is not important. Because even the people, they tithed, they didn't love people. But Jesus is saying that, I'm telling you that, don't neglect tithing. Keep tithing. This thing you should have done. You should have, yes, 
you should have uh, given a title on your mind, your rule, the garden help, everything. But don't neglect the others. Don't neglect judgment. Don't neglect the love of God. So this year, as you are giving first fruit, don't neglect the love of God. As you are giving your tithe, don't neglect the love of God. Don't neglect tithe, uh, judgment. Can the amen be louder? Clap your hands for the Lord. The written word, then the spoken word is the voice of God and the living word. The living word is Jesus. Looking unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. This year you are going to look unto Jesus for every trouble. Before you seek medical attention, seek God's mind first. Jesus is the number one healer. Oh, say amen and amen. amen. Jesus is the number one healer. What if they give you a, a report that no man can heal? What are you going to do? But Jesus is the healer. Even if I had a headache, just come on, I'll look unto Jesus first. Because he is the living word. And he, the living word can heal me. If he touched them, he can still touch us. Why? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is why this morning, if there's a disease in your body, it will check out. Because the living word is among us. Clap your hands for the Lord. Then lastly, care about what he cares about. Romans chapter 6. Oh, Romans, sorry. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 11, 11. 2 Corinthians 11. Give me King James of that. I don't want it to be too long. 2 Corinthians 11. Verse 19. 2 Corinthians eleven nineteen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He said, for you suffer fools gladly, seeing yourself as wise. This year, don't be wise in your own eyes. If not, you'll become foolish. There are people who want to look wise in every situation. They don't even, when they are wrong, they don't even know that they are wrong. This year, learn to be sincere with yourself. If you are wrong, you are wrong. Father, I'm wrong and I'm ready to do the right thing. Can the amen be louder? Let's go verse 20. For ye suffer if a man bring you into bondage. If a man devour you. If a man take, take of you. If a man exalt himself. If a man smite you on the face. He say, hey, this is what we got to do. If a man smite you on your face. He say, you suffer. But this suffering is no suffering. He said, if a man put you in bondage, a man devour you. He's saying, go to verse 21. He said, this suffering. He said, I speak concerning reproach. As though we had been weak. He's trying to give a certain character of the Christ. That if people offend us, we have to see it from a different level. If not, they'll be like the babies we want to punch and beat. But if a man slaps you, find a way and dodge the other slap. Without slapping him back. So he said, as though, he said, this will make you look like you are weak. But it's not that you are weak. You are so strong that you know that one blow can kill him. So you will not. You rather dodge his blows. Can the amen be louder? How be it, where in so, uh, soever, any is bold. I speak foolishly. I am bold also. He said that, look, when it comes to boldness, Apostle Paul is saying that when it comes to boldness, I am very bold. But I will rather look weak when I'm dealing with the brethren. So this year you are dealing with the brethren that have offended. It's better you look weak. If they said they are right, agree. Yes. 
you are right the idea is that you want to dodge every conflict you don't have enough energy to fight your energy is being channeled in prayer your energy is channeled in the word of god your energy is being channeled to hear what god has life is too short for us to be fighting with people let's go verse 25 he said thrice i was beaten with rods. once i was stoned thrice i suffered a shipwreck a night and a day i have been in the deep in waters he swam hallelujah let's go in journeys often in perils of waters in perils of robbers i'm robbers attack apostle paul it's a perils of my own countrymen his own countrymen attacked him your own people can attack you sometimes the people you are trying to help they are the ones that will attack you but paul said these are normal you're trying to help somebody the person will attack you he said, in Paris with my own countrymen. In Paris with the hidden people that are outside. In Paris in the city. Paris in the wilderness. Paris in the sea. Paris among false brethren. It means that when Paul turns all around, there are perils everywhere. That is a man of God. So this year, you have to know that there may be perils, but as long as I look unto Jesus, he will take me out of every affliction. Clap your hands and shout glory. Verse 27. In weariness, have you been weary before? In painfulness, in watchings often. Watching is talking about prayer. He's talking about all night prayer. If you have never had your own all night prayer before, it means that nothing is chasing you. As a Christian, there are times you must have your own all-night session. You are praying from 12 to 4 a.m. And Father, in the name of Jesus. That's why this year we are having four watches of the day during our fasting. Midnight, when we are out to pray, join the prayer. We are turning things around. Making sure that 2022 will align for us. Can the amen be louder? In fastings often. Don't wait till the church call a fasting. This year, you are going to put yourself under subjection. That, ah, I'll fast every, once every week. Or I'll declare my own three-day fast. Can the amen be louder? In cold, in nakedness. In nakedness means that he just took off his clothes. Nakedness means that there were times Paul didn't even have clothes to wear. Apostle Paul. Let's go. Uh-huh. Beside these things, this is where I'm trying to end. He said, beside all these troubles that are without these are things that are outside my body but there is something eating me on the inside that which cometh upon me daily the care of all the churches and this is where every christian must also come to that place where the care of the lord of uh, the care of the church of jesus christ becomes your burden something is going wrong in the church let it be your burden let the man of god be your burden look it's good that God has kept me up to this time. But it is not automatic that I will be living a right life all the life. But your prayers can help. That Father keep our man of God. Oh. Clap your hands if you like the prayer. Before if I go astray, it's a face, everybody. So the care, you wake up in the morning and you, there is a burden on your heart. Father, we pray for the man of God. Keep him, keep his family. Don't let any tragedy come through his dwelling. He said, let this thing be. It come upon me. He said, come upon me daily. Let it be your daily thing. 
Oh, Father, is there, is, there, is there finances in the church? Father, help me to be a support. That is why your tithes, this year, you got to decide you're going to... Anybody that is not tied into the church doesn't care about the scripture. No matter how you say you care about the church, it's a lie. Because what is using to run the church is money. So if you are not supporting the church that you say that you like financially, your love is a, is a mere love. It's lip service. And this year we don't want lip service. And I see God is letting the care of the church come upon you. All over the nations of the world is the care of the church. That is the most important thing to God. The churches are the most important thing. If you hear God talk about politics, it means that either the person that is going to be in power is going to help to promote the church or is going to affect the church. That is why God put himself into politics. If not, God doesn't care about the political systems of the world. But because there is a group of people, his remnants, that are still in the world. Can the amen be louder? So you are going to be caring about what God cares about. God cares about souls. You are going to be caring about souls. God cares about his house. You are going to make sure that you also care about his house. You are going to serve. You are going to do something in the house of God. So that we can all take the burden. And share the burden. And build the burden. Till the Lord Jesus Christ come. Can the amen be louder? I'm closing. And as I close. If you care about what God cares about, you will not be the one that will only sing, I am the one that you have shown me mercy. <laughs> you have shown me mercy. You have been singing, God has shown you mercy. How many people have you shown mercy? We receive mercy so that we can give mercy. So that if God ever showed you mercy, and you really know that God showed you mercy, you can never be judgmental. Anything anybody does, you remember his mercies. Yes. Then you also give out mercy. Yes. So this year, don't be the one to say, I am the one. <laughs> and cry, 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 cry. Then we knock your head tomorrow, you two want to knock us. Say, learn to show me mercy. Look at that guy by you. Say, God, I've shown you so much mercy. Oh, I don't like the way you are talking to the guy. He's the one that been saying it. Say, say God, I've shown you so much mercy. You to learn to show me mercy. Can I get a very big amen? Clap your hands for God. Jesus, you love me too much. Too much. Yeah, God loves you too much. The love has become excess. What are you doing with the excess love? The excess love must go to the brethren. For Christ has in us the love of God the love of God has been shared abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost so now that he shared his love for us we must share his love with the brethren this year decide no matter what I'm going to walk in love oh clap your hands for God I'm finishing the Lord is blessing me I'm receiving pounds I'm receiving dollars now that you receive all the pounds and your dollars what are you doing with it God will bless the house of God you got to bless your brethren around. So this year you are taking selfishness out. You are about to walk in a newness of life. Pleasing the Lord. Putting God first. Can the amen be louder? And caring about whatsoever he cares about. Because when you do that, you are showing God's love. And I finish with this very important statement. 
the greatest love a pastor can show you is to feed you with the word of god period every other thing is bonus and it's an addition so if the pastor doesn't call you if you say the pastor didn't they didn't do that as long as i'm teaching you the word of god i'm showing you the greatest love because peter's jesus asked peter do you love me and jesus said jesus asked peter do you love peter said yes i love you and the word he used there was filio and jesus said no i want you to walk in agape then you walk in agape he said that feed my sheep so to jesus if a man of god is feeding you he's showing you the greatest love of god and that is what i am doing this morning that is why he said that they that labor in doctrine and in the word they are the ones you must give double honor and this year you will give double honor clap your hands and be upstanding